Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Hello, basketball fans, and welcome to another edition of Restore the Floor, your podcast dealing with your Detroit Pistons and other NBA issues. And before we discuss anything that has to do with uh, the Detroit Pistons, introduce the co-host. I'm Stoney, by the way, and this is Evan Jenkins, the king of the KC. What's up, Ev? You know, just enjoying a beautiful day here in southeastern Michigan, trying to stay on my feet because it sounds like it'll be pretty slippery later on. <laughs> but I, I'm doing great. I'm, I'm pumped about NBA basketball, not because of the NBA All-Star game, not because of the Rising Stars, not because of the Skills Challenge, all because of one Mr. Mac McClung. Yes, uh, the weekend's festivities, overall, you have to grade it maybe a C-minus to a D. Uh, but the best thing was the slam dunk contest, and it was Mac McClung who uh, I do believe that people went a little overboard. He saved the slam dunk contest. Yeah, I don't know about he that. He didn't save it. He made it definitely more palatable. He had great dunks. And to me, as good as he was, and it was cool seeing a little white guy doing what he did. And look, let's be honest. This isn't, you know, he played in the G League. But this is a guy, if you remember, if you follow college basketball, he was pretty good with Georgetown. And then I think when Ewing got there, they got rid of him, and he went to Texas Tech, and he did okay there as well. Good player, lots of hops, and you've been watching him for a long time on YouTube. And I can I compared him. Obviously, he went further in his career to Sam McGuffey, if you remember the guy that Michigan ended up getting who had these unbelievable YouTube plays. Olympic bobsledder Mike uh, (laughs) Sam McGuffey. That's true. I mean, it's essentially that's what it is, is his high school tapes was his dunking on the best kids in Mm -hmm. the nation, no matter where he would go, and it was all these reverses, and you're like, oh, my God, this kid can just fly. And then he gets to college doing the same thing, like you said, at Georgetown and then Texas Tech, and then – doesn't get drafted, or maybe he does at the very end of the second round, but he, he has stints with the Lakers G League team. He has stints with the Warriors G League team. Now he's with Philly's G League team. But he was wearing a Sixers jersey, wasn't right. he? Right. Which I'm like, let him wear the G League. I'm like, the Delaware Blue Coats, baby. He's a Blue Coat. Let yeah. him go with the Blue Coat. But then <laughs> him busting out his high school jersey at the end and doing a 540, which, like, if you're familiar with and one mixtapes, like that's where I first saw it in the early 2000s, but it, you don't really see it often. Right. That's very incredibly hard. But they were trying to call it a 720, and it wasn't. No, they. I think it was a 540. Yeah, yeah he didn't go around twice. No. But <laughs> just to manipulate your body like that in the air, when he jumped over the two dudes and then 
touch the ball on the glass to then reverse it. I'm like, that's extremely tough without jumping over someone. Well, well what's great. interesting to me is, you know, LeBron James is one of the greatest players of all time. We all know that. The only thing that, you know, his resume that you could say, eh, the fact that he refused to ever enter the slam dunk contest. But yet always teased that he was going to be in the slam dunk contest, which yes. is so weird to me. Yes. But I think it takes away from his legacy. If you look at yeah. the all-time greats, well, this dunk contest has been going on. Right, from Julius Irving to David Thompson to Michael Jordan, obviously, Dominique Wilkins, Vince Carter. Then you had Kobe the— Kobe Bryant. The, I the, mean— Then you had the unique ones like Spud Webb. You had— what. D. Brown, he was the one who did the Reebok or the pump it up, He did right? the pumps and then covered right. his eyes. Cedric Sabalos put the thing over it. I mean, Just all, Dwight Griffin Howard. Jumping hey, over cars. Blake Griffin. Yeah. I mean, if, if, if the superstars from years ago had the same attitude as these guys have now, and it's not just LeBron, we wouldn't have had these great moments. And I would argue that the dunk contest propelled the guys like Dwight Howard and Blake Griffin, who were very good NBA yes. players. But it made them superstars to people right. that may have not known them beforehand. Terrence Wait, Stansbury, remember him? That I don't remember. Okay. But I remember, I mean, the likes of Jerry Stackhouse and Grant Hill. And yes. All of these guys. Um, Larry Hughes. Uh, T-Mac was in it that year that Vince won it. And it, it was... You can go back and look at the 90s and early 2000s dunk contests. I mean, Jason Richardson's a prime example right. of a guy that, listen, he could jump out of the gym. He did it everywhere he went, and he was like, I'm going to do it on the biggest stage of them all. Right. NBA slam dunk And contest. what's a shame is that the guys who can shoot, they all participate in the three-point contest. I was kind of surprised Bogdanovich was not selected, by the way. Well, hell, I mean, you get guys that really can't shoot Julius well Randle. That's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, he was a late addition to it. Yeah. But that's the beauty of All-Star Weekend is to do those kind of things. I don't need the skills challenge anymore. I don't really need the whole... The Rising thing. Stars game? It was better when it was... Rookies versus sophomores, yeah. to be quite honest with you. And maybe they ran out of that and we had to do U.S. versus international or whatever it might be. But that used to be great. It was must-watch TV for me. But you know what? Friday I got home and I'm like, oh, that was on tonight, wasn't it? Yeah, and, and so the, I had to the, watch the replay. The celebrity game was not very good either. Nothing no. Well, though, wait a second. I take that back. Calvin Johnson, baby. Oh, that's DK right. Metcalf. DK is a freakish athlete, and boy, did he prove that. And <sighs> drug tests. It's a damn shame, right? When you do stuff like that. But exactly. I mean, NFL, you know he's a freak. You yes. saw him at the cop. Right. Like, why are we doubting it now? Uh the game itself, yeah. it's, it's a joke. I don't know what they can do to change it. Maybe monetize it more where these guys have something more to play with, but play for. But if you're making twenty some million dollars a year, what's another million before taxes anyway to these some of these guys? I I, I just wish there was more competitive fire. In the game, it used to be where at least if it was close the last few minutes, they would actually play defense and try. It never got to that point this year. I actually don't mind how they do the three quarters and then the Elam ending for the for the end of the game. I don't game. mind that either. They, try that, something. That, that That's fine, but... It's getting to the point where it's they should just abolish it, just like the Pro Bowl. And it used to that used to be appointment watching for me yes. too. I mean, from everything from I would watch the practice on Saturday on. 
trying to see the dudes debut their new sneakers and then how would they interact with one another? Who's going to be the MVP? The MVP, you find out within the first three minutes of the game who it's right. going to be. It's the guy yeah. shooting all the shots. Although Tatum came out, you know, most of that was in the third quarter. Yeah, and, it was cool to see him and Brown go up against one yes. another. But at the same time, the other four are just standing off. So why not just have a one-on-one competition at that Did you point? like the way they do it now with the like LeBron versus Giannis? It was this year or you would rather have East versus West? I like East versus West. Do you think they really drafted those teams then and there? Because you look at the like locker room videos, and I'm like, this doesn't make sense. So they had a jersey made up for each team. Right. And each guy, I felt like it was done beforehand, and they did that for TV. But if you look in the locker room, except Giannis messed up. Did he? What did he say? He drafted Ja Morant with with, with reserves. They said, no, he's a starter. You can't draft him. (laughs) That's right. And then they tried the the other thing that they screwed up was they they tried to do like a Manning cast a little bit with you know Barkley and Kenny and, and, and Ernie on one channel and it was it just bled over to the other it was it was it was really bad during the introductions and things like that but whatever, whatever. I mean you always got to try to evolve but it seems like year after year the All Star games are really losing their their luster with fans and that's a damn shame because all of them used to be I like I have to yeah. watch this all right the the evolution of the Detroit Pistons continues. James Wiseman made his debut last week. A decent game. Did you know, what we said game. he would do: play twenty minutes, yeah. score a handful of points, it's, get a handful of rebounds. Right, it's a final. He'll be he'll be okay the rest of the way. Uh, you just want to see guys like Killian and Ivy and Duran continue to improve. Hopefully, Killian can improve so it doesn't look like the Weavers. You know, first number one draft choice was a complete bust. But well, yeah. first whole first round draft was a bust. Yeah. Well, How many of those guys will be here at the end of their first contract? Will Bay, or I mean Stewart? I think Stewart will obviously Bay's. Yeah, he's, he's gone. He's up. gone. And um, Killian, I don't think so. Especially if one of the new guys uh, that they got this week plays well. And we're talking about R.J. Hampton. And you might remember, R. You talk about YouTube videos. There were a lot of YouTube videos of him before he decided not to go to college. I'm going to go play in the basketball capital of the world. New Zealand. First thing that comes to my mind when I think of basketball capital of the world. But, yeah, he, he had all the hype. He went in the first round. He didn't get a, a fair shake with Denver. They moved him to Orlando. Mm-hmm. He had a hot start to start off with Orlando and then just kind of faded away a little bit. And this is Troy Weaver's M.O. I mean, it hasn't worked yet with the Pistons. Josh Jackson. Um, I think right now they have... Frank Jackson. Four guys from the 2020 draft in the first round are on this Pistons team. Diallo, Bagley, Wiseman, now Hampton. I think I'm... Am I missing anybody else who... Oh, Okafor they had at one point, right? Oh, yeah, uh, Dennis Smith Jr. Dennis Smith Jr. All these reclamation projects. So you got James Wiseman on this team. Killian Hayes on this team. Um, well, if, if it's that draft, then you still have Isaiah Stewart on this team. You got Beef Stew on this team. R.J. Hampton was 24. R.J. Hampton. So you got four guys from the first round of the 2020 draft on this team. Correct. And where has it gotten them? <laughs> Nowhere. And that's where at some point you have to wonder, is this the path that you really want them to go? No. With these young guys. And, and hey, at the end of the year when your team sucks – you can take these waivers, but at some point, you can't be getting to this point no. anymore. Right, and and part of the problem that we've gotten to this point, and let's talk about first. Let's talk about Hampton. He's a decent player. I mean, he look, he didn't play a lot in Orlando because of what they had in front of him with Fultz coming back 
uh, really took his time away because you had what ahead of him you had you know obviously Him, Fultz, Suggs. Suggs, and Anthony, right? Is yeah, Cole Anthony sure. is that the one I'm thinking of? Uh, Cole Anthony. Cole Anthony, yeah. yeah. So Greg Anthony's kid. So he he didn't get a lot, a lot of playing time. Maybe you know change the location and he can you know develop into what uh, people uh, thought he was going to come uh, out of out of New Zealand because right now he's been a little bit of a disappointment. He's not horrible. Uh, he's no, an he NBA, just turned 22, right? Right, he's an NBA player. And sometimes, you know, but this is his, what, third year, I believe? Uh, so, yeah. So sometimes it, it, it does take long. Now, the other issue with the Pistons going forward, besides making sure that they are one of the uh, worst three teams in the league for lottery purposes and Victor, is the coaching situation. Nate McMillan, who most people thought was a pretty good coach. I think a lot of people wanted him here. Uh, was let go by the Atlanta Hawks this week. And how it affects the Pistons is simple. If they believe, and I have no indication that they do, uh, but I think they should, that Dwayne Casey, uh, the time is up for Dwayne Casey, if they're looking at somebody like Quinn Snyder and saying we want him to at least you know, possibly be our coach, the fact that Atlanta's opening is now, you know, maybe they go after Quinn Snyder, now and have him maybe not take over until the end of the season, have your preliminary talks during this season, uh, this this could hurt the Pistons. And you, because of that, do you sit there and say, all right, let's get rid of Casey now and work on the coach now? See, with Casey, I think it's one of those, like, people familiar with the Detroit Lions, like Jim Caldwell, they weren't going to fire him during the season. It's a respect thing. Correct. And I think that's kind of what you have with the Pistons and Dwayne Casey is that, the GM respects the hell out of him. Troy Weaver and him are buddies, and he's not. Listen, I, I don't think he's going to allow him to finish what they started, meaning continue past this year, but he's going to let him finish what he started this season. Mm-hmm. And right now that might be the best thing for this team. Right. Because you don't want some new guy coming in here, giving him a false sense of hope, and all of a sudden they start winning, right? Yeah. So it, it's kind of a double-edged sword where you don't want you don't know if Dwayne Casey is the right man for this job because it does seem like he has a beautiful basketball mind. And, hey, I mean, the Raptors saw that he wasn't the right man for them, and they get Nick Nurse, and they go on to win it the next year. So That's right. Good point. Well, I, they also had Kawhi Leonard. So. No, absolutely. But my point is just that he wasn't right for that team at that time. It worked out for them. What the Pistons need to do going forward is find out what their core is. You can't keep having – Every year, complete turnover of your team. Correct. And that's what it seems like we're doing here with new young guys who are trying to learn, trying to catch on, trying to do this, that, or the other thing. So if it's Quinn Snyder, that'd be great. Great head of hair. I mean, the guy looks like a villain from a Batman movie sitting on the bench sometimes. He's the favorite to be the Hawks' new next coach, betting odds I'm seeing. And by the way, the next coach fired the odds, Steven Silas, is Houston. it even money? Well, Dwayne Casey is second at three to one. And so the, there's very there's going to be attractive teams with young players. Is Houston's you know Jalen Green and Jabari Smith more attractive than Detroit's Duran, Ivy, Cunningham? I, I don't know. Well, we'll also have to see what happens with the lottery. Sure, and if they get Big Vic, that is one of the most attractive jobs in the league, if you ask me. Right, and there's no doubt about it. Uh, other people to consider. Uh, Kenny Atkinson, he has a very good reputation when he when he coached the Nets for a while. Uh, Philadelphia assistant Sam Cassell. Okay. 
And you bring back, uh, not bring back, but does Frank Vogel get another kick? Uh, he didn't do a terrible job with the no, Lakers. No, not that's at not, all, but at that's some a bad point, situation. I feel like with the NBA, you can either get it done or you can't get it done at all, right? Yeah. And, I mean, we saw that with, what, George Carl in, in Denver forever. I know. Couldn't get it done, but he's one of the greatest coaches in my lifetime. I, I think you, you have to talk to Aduke, the former Celtic coach, you know, let go for, you know, Allegedly, and it's not even allegedly because you they just fired have to be him. able to take the baggage on. Yes, and I think yeah. Detroit is a perfect city because we're not going to sit there and attack right. them. And here's the deal: you do your homework. You talk to Greg Popovich, who he was an assistant for Pop for about six or seven years, or something like that. And if Pop swears by him, to me that's gospel. Right? I I agree because I mean, in in the NBA. It's either nepotism or you know somebody, right? Yes. And there's not a better person to know to talk about basketball than Popovich. Yes, no, no doubt about it. Um, one thing I want to ask you before we, we go here, and we'll get into this maybe in our next pod. Who's the best player in the NBA, Ev? Well, I, I think I've stated it multiple times. I personally think it's Luka Doncic and everything he can do on the floor and <laughs> and, and that's also based off of me wanting to go see a player, and, mm-hmm. and it's it's undeniable talent, and I think he's only getting better. So I go with Luca. I'm going to go with Giannis, and, and I think that because of the defensive part of it that I think is better than Luca's. And you might be right, and I would go with Luca over on the scoring part. I'm being right. able to shoot the three, but I think that's fun with the NBA right now to be able to talk about I mean, more than look one how guy. Many, I mean, there are people that think you know, the Jokic, Dave Pash was on with us the last podcast. Which blew my mind. I, I can't believe that I overlooked it, but that shows you how Russell, Russell Westbrook tarnished the triple-double in a season. Right. If he didn't do it for like four years, that's all we'd be hearing about right now. Right. So he's, he's a averaging a triple-double. Oh. He's a very good chance to become back-to-back-to-back Back MVP, because it is a regular season award. You know, Nuggets haven't really done anything in the playoffs. No, but, I mean, as a regular season team, they're the best in the league. Yes. You take him off that team, they're not the best in the league. Uh, exactly. But look at KD. I mean. Yes. LeBron's still great. Averaging great. 30-something a game. Yeah. It's it's wild that you can just sit back and, and think. I mean, a lot. some people might say Tatum's the best player in the NBA right now. Okay, so if we did a top 10, we'll do that next pod. I mean, I mean where does Embiid fit in? Oh, that's enough. So, okay. I saw how, how how about this guy? Even though he's just the basket case of all, ba- Kyrie is still he's a top ten a player, great freaking player. And at the, and okay, so that position, where's Jaw? <laughs> I mean, how many great players are there? There's a bunch, and I just think to make the NBA what it used to be, um, just get a rivalry in there, get some hatred. Not saying that we need a, a no. heat Knicks brawl where no. Van Gundy's grasping on Alonzo Mourning's leg, <laughs> but just a little heat. You know what I'm saying? Get some text early on. I don't need Draymond to be the only villain in the NBA, and Correct. that's what it seems like right now. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so we'll do that uh, next pod. Uh, it's Restore the Floor. We appreciate everybody listening. Uh, tell your friends about it. Download and uh, listen because uh, we are here for you. Uh, We'll see you next pod on Restore the Floor here on Odyssey at 97 Won the Ticket.